introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. With the sultry sounds of my daughter coloring in the background, uh, it's another week of Minor Wisdom this week with Jacob Layton, who is in Bastrop ISD. He's been on the podcast before, uh, but this time it's just him at TETA. He actually wanted to sit down and discuss wrestling, but we tied it into theater and everything that is theater. And this was, again, over a month ago now, but we just wrapped up a big wrestling event in Saudi Arabia. Uh, crown jewel and I know a lot of you don't listen to this to listen to wrestling stuff but here's the thing I've asked in the past for I've asked in the past to send me some feedback send me what you want to hear and all that kind of stuff and uh, you know this podcast is small it's niche it's uh, Texas theater teachers and then it's the ones that are hip to the idea of podcasts so it's even more niche to that because there are a lot of uh we'll say, um, older generation folk that don't even know you can listen to music and stuff on their, on your phone. But anyway, I digress enough of that soapbox, but, uh, Jacob wanted to talk about wrestling. And so I just like, sure, let's do it. But we tied it into theater. We tied it into a lot of stuff that is relevant to those listeners. There's that cough in the background. It is that season, uh, because the weather is a changing. It's a getting cold outside. And it's actually really nice. The fall weather is really, really cool. Thanks for those of you that bought Minor Wisdom shirt set. It's closed for now. For now. We'll see if we open that back up in the future. Uh, it was a huge, not not great moneymaker. But anyway, uh, leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Five stars if you like it. Uh, send me an email, minorwisdompod at gmail.com to let me know what your thoughts are. Uh, you can be mean. I'm a theater teacher. We were born and raised to be told how to do things different. So that's just the lifestyle we live in. Had a haunted house this week. Uh, very successful haunted house. Those are always so much fun. The kids love that stuff because it, as one of the parents said, and an AP, it's very demonic. And I'd tell them that the kids decided on that stuff. And it's letting out some weird feelings that they might have towards the world with their demonic ways follow me on twitter minor wisdom pod at uh or at minor wisdom pod i already gave you the email ladies and gentlemen this week's groaner joke how does the ocean say bye to the seal he waves I didn't know that you were a wrestling fan. Yes. Until after the fact. Yeah. But you know, yeah. we didn't sit and talk about that stuff. Um, so well, that conversation really did get kind of truncated because there was a lot, like there were we other people went, there. Well, not only that, but we ended up going on like a thirty-minute tangent about something that had literally nothing to do with anything. Right. And also, we didn't we we didn't like the people we were with, so it was uh, <laughs> we were just trying to play to their egos. You know, humor, yeah. of course. Yeah, humor, humor. them. Uh, so. Now, a question that that I've asked, like I've talked, I think, to Jay Thomas about this, about how wrestling has affected his life in theater, right? And and even vice versa, maybe, because uh, I, I I was watching wrestling when I was 
five. I can remember watching it. That would have been five. early 90s. No, that was, thank you, but no, it was 87. <laughs> okay. Um, so then right around WrestleMania 3, 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so yeah, I mean, it was Hulk. still really young. SummerSlam hadn't even come out yet. Gotcha. SummerSlam 88 was the first one. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, I mean, everything was still pretty, pretty dang new. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go talk to Alicia. She's got them all now. Don't interrupt again, <laughs> Philip Taylor. Um, <laughs> yeah. But of course. Actually, we're talking we're talking about wrestling. If you have any input on yeah. that, yeah, the wrestling, wrestling? Yeah, yeah, down here. Um, <laughs> but it was uh, I knew that before I got into theater. But mm-hmm. I think that that made me like theater more because right. my dad ruined it for me by telling me that you know wrestling and and I and I understand now as a mm-hmm. parent, yeah, why he did this. Yeah. Because my daughter beats the crap out of me all the time, <laughs> and she knows that it has to be, it's only on daddy. Like, it's only right, daddy that course. she can punch and, like, pretend to wrestle yeah. and stuff. She can't go to second grade class and try to beat up the kids, although I do have right. a funny story about that. But, um, so my dad told me, you know, this is, this is fake. It's, yeah. they're, they, they know what they're doing. They're more gymnasts and athletes yeah. and rather than actually angry at each other. Yeah. Mind you, then later on, you fi- come to find out that there were some guys that, you yeah. know, Brett and Sean didn't actually heat there. like each other in the 90s and stuff like that. Um, so anyway, but, I, but I, I've always, I always use wrestling in my classes, always. Like we just did right. a promo lesson oh, about dude, how, we, so I showed good. them, um, I don't, it wasn't anything famous, but I, oh, I showed them uh, the Hard Times promo okay. from Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I showed him just a random Ultimate Warrior, just him breathing and yeah, you the, know just saying random stuff. Where everyone, it, it, you, you can't really tell, but you really know that he's like on something because he's oh, like yeah. lost his mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, I showed them a, uh, I showed them the Austin three sixteen one, mm-hmm. uh, where that came about at King of the Ring, and then. Uh, oh, just a random Hulk Hogan one. And so what the lesson ended up being was which one was telling a story. Right, which one right. which one grabbed you because you related to it? And of course everybody said Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Because that was, a, he was literally talking about his father, the plum, mm-hmm. son of a plumber and son of a plumber. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and they said, they agreed that Hulk Hogan's was the least storytelling mm-hmm. because all he said was the stereotypical I'm coming for you. Yeah. I'm going to get you. And these 24-inch pythons and take your vitamins, I'm going to get you. It's like, well, like, why do, Why should we care if you're going to beat them up? Yeah. And it's crazy, too, because that was the, that at the time was the wrestler that everyone connected to. Yeah. Everybody loved Hogan. Yeah. And he was a cartoon character. Yeah. And, and, Same and, Ultimate Warrior, but yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, you look at Dusty, Dusty literally is an everyman. Like, there's nothing, I mean, he's a fantastic, he had a whole lot of charisma, he was um, obviously, enough of an athlete to compete, but what made Dusty so great was his ability to have such strong character-driven well, and choices. He, and he did that promo in a suit, in a three-piece yeah. suit. Um, so he, not that not that we are all walking around with three-piece suits on, unless yeah. you're Brad Cummins. But um, <laughs> but I think that that uh, that's another relatable thing. He's not wearing this ripped-up yellow and red shirt, yeah. which again I think b- the kids loved Hulk Hogan yeah. because he was this over the top yeah. and he's still that way yeah larger than life um, really. larger than life kind of guy and Dusty was larger than life too but mm-hmm. he he was fat yeah <laughs> he, he you know he had a he had a horrible speech impediment mm-hmm. uh, he sounded like us from the south yeah 
anyway. But, but I mean, but it, you figure in like what I love about and what you, you what I feel like wrestling now has kind of gotten away from is the ability of all of them, whether, you know, and promos obviously are, are a huge part of it, but the ability of all of them to be able to tell a story in yeah. the ring. And, you know, you look at, you look at Hogan for, you know, uh, here in the last five or six years, a lot of stuff's been found out about him, but yeah. really not the best person. Right. But he got in the ring and even as this larger than life over the top character, you know, he, the, you know, common heel face dynamic. You know, he's yeah. he's down, he's out, and then he's hulking up, and everyone loses their minds. They told really, really impressive stories. And yeah. now I think what you're seeing a lot more with wrestling is a lot. You're seeing a lot more sort of either not necessarily technique driven, but it's a lot of flash, which yeah. I think is a nice comparison to what you see in theater a lot now. Is like maybe I would even say partly in in one act play a lot that happens a lot is this you know cover up. You you cover up the ability to tell a story because everyone's looking at the spectacle. Um, and, you know, I think it's great. You've got wrestlers now like Ricochet, like um, uh, Tyler Bate, a lot of these really young guys who can, you know, flip off the top rope two or three times, land on someone. It's, this, you know, these crazy, intense athletic moves. Um, but one of the counterpoints to that is, you know, what story are you telling? Um, if Is there a story that needs to be told in the ring anyway? Yeah. Um, and And... One of the cool things about wrestling is that it can be all of those things. Yeah. It can be this, you know, technique-driven match where you've got these two great mat wrestlers who are amazing at, you know, holds and submissions and grapples, and then you've got these other wrestlers who are like really great at, you know, really great high flyers, and then you've got wrestlers who just tell a great story in the ring. Yep. And for me, what's most compelling, and I love, love the super high flying stuff, but what's really what's most compelling for me is my ability to follow the, the, the story of a match just like I can follow the story of a play. Yeah. Um, and I think in that regard, it is very similar to what you know what we do because, you know, it's easy now, easier now I think to to mask your ability to tell a story with spectacle. Yeah. Um, and it's it's I think it's the same with with what you see with wrestlers in the ring. Um, and and so what what drew me when I was when I was young was I I was I hit wrestling right at the time that Austin 316 was huge, that The Rock was huge. Um, I actually spinebustered a kid uh, in sixth grade. <laughs> it didn't go well. I, I got sent. I got sent to detention. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it, it. There were again these larger than life personas who could tell these amazing stories in the ring. And you could even look at WCW. I'm just talking about WWE. You've yeah. got, you know, DDP was doing. Well, amazing WCW things. did the Flash before. Yeah, well, they had the cruiserweights. Did. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they did the cruiserweights, and they would always, and even Bischoff will talk about this on his podcast, mm -hmm. about how they would put them at those hour breaks, mm -hmm. and uh, because that made more people watch because it was just so flashy. It was yeah. just so spectacular, mm -hmm. unbelievable stuff that um, it, drew, it garnered more of a crowd. Yeah. And you could use so, that to pull in yeah, for, pull, the, yeah, for the next hour. Trap them in. Now, so the, the and, and this is often a tangent about wrestling, but like I think the storytelling element today does lack. But again, I think because because now my seven year old daughter mm -hmm. looks forward to, and it's going to change next, literally next week. Yeah. And I don't know when this podcast will come out, but it might have already <laughs> changed. But right. Uh, with the now we're going to have Monday night, two shows Wednesday night. Yeah. I'm not counting TNA. So a TNA show Tuesday, which I don't watch TNA. But, well, um, they, they're like, actually doing really great. Yeah, like yeah. Story-wise, I would say of the three big companies now, AEW, uh, TNA, and WWE, 
uh, TNA has probably got the best storytelling okay. right now. Um, and so if you're interested in that Even more, over NXT, you think? Uh, well, okay. Um, I, I lump... <laughs> As long as, Vince, uh, yeah, as long as Vince doesn't touch NXT, I think yeah. NXT is going to continue to do amazing things. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see what... I haven't watched the live show yet, um, yeah. but I'm curious to see it's what... Good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it was good. But, uh, and I watched Wednesday, too. Okay. But, um, the, the, yeah, and then Friday, you got, you're going to have public te television, mm -hmm. not cable anymore. Yeah. You know, so you don't have to have cable to have to watch WWE, which yeah. is insane. Yeah. Uh, the last time I remember it being on regular television was Univision, mm -hmm. because that's before I had cable. That was the only way I could watch Monday Night Raw. Right. Was I had to watch the Spanish version <laughs> and the abbreviated Spanish version. Right. Uh, and I got what was going on because they were telling stories. Yeah. You could tell what was happening. But now, and like I was saying to the point earlier, I can figure out I figured out that because I hate I, I, I like Braun Strowman I hate that Braun Strowman does three moves yeah and he does them every match he's the new Hulk Hogan in that regard it's yeah. like you know these three things are going to happen and it, as an adult I'm like this is so annoying like mm -hmm. why can't you show some versatility blah right, blah blah blah, right. blah but then as a kid yeah the kid wants is they in their mind and their underdeveloped brain they're thinking <laughs> I want to see these things that I'm yeah. used to seeing because it makes me feel I don't know if comfortable is the right word mm -hmm. but it makes me feel good about uh, the expectation is there yeah. and then they say because my daughter's obsessed with Bailey right now doesn't really mm -hmm. understand that she's not a good person she's a heel right yeah, now yeah. because of the way she's speaking it sounds to a kid like she's still Bailey yeah, still look even guy. though she's not good yeah. um, Which, but that's she a really wants, funny heel turn yeah <laughs> she wants a shirt she wants Bailey stuff she mm. wants and so I'm I'm like oh this is the formula that they've been running mm -hmm. for years for 30 yep. years they've been doing this where they're counting on the little kids saying to mommy and daddy I want that because mm. that's where their money's coming from yeah. well, I mean that's the, what made Cena so popular for so long sure the adults you know and I have some shirts you know I yeah. have an NWO shirt and all that kind of stuff you know the adults do buy some stuff mm -hmm. but they're not buying the majority of the adults are not buying all these all these uh, pieces of WWE merchandise right they might go buy themselves a title belt which is always kind of funny to see these people walk <laughs> up to to a to a wrestling uh, event with one but but other than that, they're yeah. not buying the figures as much. You know, there are obviously handfuls mm -hmm. of those, but they're not. They're just not buying the little trinkets. They're not walking into a Target and yeah. taking it off the shelf. So, I get the formula. Mm -hmm. It annoys the crap out of me that I'm still watching AJ Styles, one of the best in the business right now, yeah. if not the best, at telling mm -hmm. a story. It still annoys me that he's got to hit these high spots yeah. that you expect from him. It's like, if if it was up to him, he might just wrestle a match and if mm -hmm. it calls for that high spot if Rey Mysterio when he when he Hurricane Ron is the guy into the rope and yeah. does the 619 you're yeah. like come on you know yeah. I know that, dude you're you're better than this you've mm -hmm. been literally wrestling since you were 16 like mm -hmm. on television um, but anyway it, it just bothers me tying that to theater yes when they came out with Black Annie mm -hmm. and they came out with you know uh, some of these um some of these shows where females are playing males and, and, and vice versa, right. the, the non-traditional way of doing things, mm -hmm. where a crowd's showing up and they want to see this little pale white girl with a red curly wig and a red dress, yeah. and then they change it up to uh, a little black kid. Yeah. 
nothing wrong with that. No. I love that stuff. I think that that's like, that's how you tie it into the, it's like change it up a little bit, man. Make right, it refresh right. it a little bit. So, um, do, you, do you think that it's, it's hard to do that because, because even theater now is so financially driven? And wrestling, in this case, wrestling, right? Because it is so financially driven, you 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 know you have to put these things out there. Otherwise, I think, I, I so it depends on who you're catering to. Because if you're catering to guys like you and me, mm. when when they did that um, a couple months ago, when Strowman tackled Lashley through the LED that board, that was such a cool spot. Like you, you, there were time, there were moments during that kind of almost twenty minute mm-hmm. uh, segment that you're like. This kind of feels a little real, you yeah. know. Like, like I know that they're, they're because of sparks and this and that. Yeah. Like, but but it it there was like that like this kind of feels like I don't mm. know. I, I know that that was probably supposed to happen that they yeah. went through that, but something doesn't feel like it should it should be where it is now. Like, right. They did that spot, but why are they still laying there? You know, like yeah. it's it's fifteen twenty minutes later. Mm-hmm. Usually they just move on because yeah. that's they're just about content driven. Mm-hmm. But then they do this crap with Roman Reigns and these weird camera angles and the trussing falling okay. on him. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, okay, such... we're back. Well, but you know, uh, even even in that, <laughs> and though, then he gets up and doesn't even. <laughs> yeah, but like I, like even with that though, and that was that was such a ridiculous storyline. Uh, like on its face, it was such a ridiculous storyline. But I think my but. That's the other part of WWE that, or wrestling in general, like you see this, like super, like you said, yeah. I think something that kind of blurs the line between reality and kayfabe, um, and then you see things. But that's for the adults. Yeah. Yeah. And then you see things like a, a whodunit of who's trying to hurt yeah. Roman Reigns. Um, you know, in that same episode, you've got um, or some. There was some really, like, really bad humor that WWE WWE has tried that will cater to a different portion of right. the audience, and so it, it's. What I like about it, um, and you know, we've, I'm kind of going around in circles here, but what I really like about it is that not just WWE, but a lot, the, there are products that will cater to specific like types of wrestling fans. Like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't think AEW is catering to kids. No, not at yeah, all. I mean, yeah. they just got their, they're coming in at TV 14, so they're going right. to be a little more edgy. Um, but then you've got, you know, like I'm not a deathmatch guy, but I know guys, I have oh, friends gosh. who are like huge deathmatch guys and who want to watch things like CCW. Yeah. Um, and you know Japanese death matches. Yeah. Um, I have, which has uh, been around for much longer than anybody realizes it's been around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and you know, I'm a huge fan of NJPW, and like the match yep. match quality is really, really high. Promos not necessarily important, but the storytelling in those matches is, is going to be higher quality yep. than say WWE. Um, and so there are definitely, and then you've got wrestlers like um, what's his name. Um, there's a wrestler that goes by Cheeseburger who's literally just a whole comedy gimmick. Like, his whole thing is a comedy gimmick. Well, an Orange Cassidy? Oh, dude, okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about Orange Cassidy. That is, this is a guy who has literally taken, the, who, is, who puts in the least amount of work to get a gimmick over. Yeah. And it, it's, honestly, if outside of maybe Luchasaurus, probably the most over gimmick yeah. in AEW right yeah. now. Um, and it's just a guy with his hands in his pockets who doesn't care. Jean jacket. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing sunglasses that stay on when he does stuff <laughs> when he did the uh, he did the, the suicide dive through yeah. the ropes hands yeah. in his pocket and then kipped up out of it yeah. it's like that's cool oh he's an athlete yeah, no, too and, I mean he's what's really cool is if you go back and watch some of the stuff he's done with some of the, uh, the, the little indies he's like that for the first maybe 10 minutes of the match yeah. and then I think like 
within the context of the match, you see the storytelling change, which is like, okay, I actually do need to give a, give right. a damn about what I'm doing. Right. And the guy can go. The guy yeah. can seriously go. Yeah. Um, but again, I think if, like, if I were to try to pull that gimmick off, you ha in order to make that gimmick work, to make any of those gimmicks work, you have to have the ability to back it up, yeah. right? And, and, and that's, I think, what makes him so great is he's total notch, totally nonchalant, totally doesn't care about the fact that he's in the ring. Yeah. And then, you know, when push comes to shove, the guy's probably one of the better wrestlers yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, a, he, he's a definite athlete. And yeah. I know this is going to sound creepy, but I've seen him without a shirt on, and he's like, <laughs> you know, the guy's jacked. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, he, he cares. So what do you, how do you think this Wednesday night thing is going to work out? Um, I think, I think the, the, the people who stand to benefit the most is the audience. Because right now, right. And with NXT doing what it's doing, trying to compete with AEW or squash AEW before it even gets started. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've seen the card for this coming week. But it's a stacked card for NXT. For NXT. Yeah, for NXT. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got uh, you've got an NXT title match this week. Yeah. You've got uh, a women's title match this week. I think I don't know. If, I think Rhea's, Rhea Ripley's fighting uh, Shayna Baszler this week. Um, so that's going to be a huge match. And then you've got just like in all the way down the card, like we're going to do everything we can to pull your yeah. eyes away from AEW. And, and there's sim that's the thing is like NXT <clears throat> is the TV 14 mm -hmm. version of WWE's product. Yeah. You know, they're not super risque. They're not freaking chair gimmick chair shots or apparently gimmick chair shots yeah. like to Cody's head, but uh, they, they're the more risque version mm -hmm. of the WWE product. I think SmackDown, I think is I think SmackDown's going to venture down that road a little more. That's why they right. brought Bischoff in to kind of do a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it'll be, it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the channel flipping and how this works. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm more inclined to watch just now because cause that's the other thing about the NXT product. Mm -hmm. It's all going to be then put on to the network. So yeah. you're, you don't have to even think about recording, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. or DVRing the NXT show because right. you know that either 24 or 48 hours later, it's going to be put on the network for yeah. you to fast forward, for you to, you know, bump through what you don't want to see. Mm -hmm. But the AEW product is is not. It's, you know, it's... It's, it's like you it's, have to get your eyeballs yeah. on live. And so they, I think there's also a different mentality because AEW is going to be worried about television ratings because that's all they are right now. Yeah. So whereas <clears throat> WWE can measure their success on the number of clicks and where the people mm -hmm. are going on their website... Um, and I, I would venture to guess that AEW would get there eventually. I think yeah. that they're going to eventually go online and uh, do more stuff, which they are kind of through Bleacher Report mm -hmm. and through, um, uh, what was it, Fight TV? Or, yeah, they, yeah, they just finished uh, the international deal for yeah. uh, for Fight TV. Yeah. So, you know, there'll be some of that, some of mm -hmm. that clicking. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this Wednesday night thing goes. Okay, so, so is there, would you say that, wrestling as a product pulls you more into theater or do you, do you definitely see them as two separate things pulls me um as a teacher it, it it's it's one and the same okay. to me as a back when i so when i was and it's funny because now that again my seven-year-old watches this stuff and is excited about it mm -hmm. one of my best friends who is a huge wrestling nerd but he's a wrestling historian doesn't really watch the product that much now right but he knows like if you were like hey who was uh the 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 main event in uh 
Saturday night's main event in 1993 on in November <laughs> the third week, he'd be like, "Oh, come on, those million dollar man." You know, he's yeah. just like, "Shut up, man!" Like, uh, <laughs> nobody cares about that. He, you know, he does this, he does that stuff. But he said, "Man, you are really raising your kid." to be a loser just like you amongst all of her friends when she's at school (laughs) and I was like yeah but you know I have charisma people like me um but uh but I I, um I kind of went around the topic but again seeing it through her eyes Mm -hmm. is part of and I keep talking about Ava like that but she um I think it helps her theatrically speaking Mm -hmm. not She's the product of two theater teachers, so she was going to be theatrical anyway. Right. But she, um, since she started watching, has a little bit of more of this like weird confidence about her, the mm-hmm. way she can talk to somebody right. and like present an idea to somebody mm-hmm. because it's because she's been watching how these these women are selling, how they're going to go about beating you for the title, and how right. you know there's there's this weird like confidence builder that wrestling I guess mm-hmm. gives you that I that I personally do see happening and I and I and I see it with even in, in my classes with right. with doing this promo thing mm-hmm. I had a couple kids get up there that <clears throat> at first you know they're very apprehensive because I do it with theater ones right uh, the, te- the my tech kids and theater two kids which I don't really teach too much of them but the advanced kids that I don't do it they see through my bowl but <laughs> um but theater one, they get up there and they get comfortable, yeah. you know, uh, because I let them write it. I don't tell them you. This is. Mm-hmm. I let them decide who they are, what they want to call themselves, right. you know, um, and then they start like saying it, and they don't have to memorize it, which mm-hmm. I should make them. I had one kid memorize. I had one kid <coughs> this year. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, leave the room. He walked in the way my room is set up. I've got a, a like a like a vestibule kind of thing. So he went yeah. into the vestibule. He kind of like did his little Goldberg-esque uh-huh. gimmick. He didn't hit the, his head and giving him, him himself a concussion <laughs> on the door or anything. But he he walked out and everybody's like, "What's going on?" I kind of mm-hmm. knew. I kind of figured out real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going out there to kind of like make an entrance, right? Right. And that's exactly what he did. He came in. He busted through the door. He opened it louder than necessary. And and then the door, which has a spring on it, catches mm-hmm. itself. He tried as hard as he could to slam it, mm-hmm. which it was kind of sad because. <laughs> The, the spring one, but still, right. like, you know. And then he comes in, he's like, hey, and just uh, cuts this promo. Right. And and I don't know how much of it was memorized or how much mm-hmm. of it uh, was Im- improvised. Yeah. But he just cuts his promo. Mm-hmm. And and he was he's one of my more charismatic kids in that class. Yeah. But still, it was just like, it gave everybody permission mm-hmm. to kind of do that, you know. And yeah. I was like, this this is what theater's about. I, I We're joking around that it's wrestling. Mm-hmm. But that's what theater one's about, giving those kids permission yeah. to, to do whatever it is they want in the limitations of, you know, high school education. Right. Well, so. because we, we've become so insular, we've become so, we've become so in our own head. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, that's an awkward time in general, right? Yeah. You've got freshman students who, who are just coming out of that awkward 13-year-old stage and now trying to make a life where they've got... 15, like 16, 17, 18 year olds who have kind of found their lane yep. and you've got these 14 year old kids who don't really know or don't or don't know that it and it's don't know that it's okay to just be themselves and, and, and I, I, that's it's really cool that wrestling or theater or whatever creative about what they have gives them like you said gives them the permission to just be um, 
you know, one thing that would be really cool, and I don't know if you'd feel comfortable taking it that far, but like picking up an actual title belt and your best promo gets to walk around with a title belt. So we do this with improv. Okay. Uh, or not improv, we do a stand-up comedy night. And the winner of stand-up comedy night, as voted on by the fans and the audience, mm -hmm. They have their. We have a title belt that we change the name on. That's so. Cool. And, and and by change the name, I don't mean we do the plates. We right, right. I literally take tape and I <laughs> tape over and I just write their name. But it sits in our. It sits with our. Uh, uh -huh. Just uh, very um, low level winning UIL one act play plaques because we've never really made it that far. But it sits in there with that. It sits in there with our mm -hmm. Baber Awards, which is our uh, our district's version of like the Gatsma or the Patty Granville's or stuff like yeah. that but it, it sits in there with that so like as you're walking by it's like oh look at all these why is there a title belt <laughs> <laughs> and then you know and it creates conversation but it's uh but yeah we have we have one sitting in there it's the yeah. it's the universal title okay, so okay. it's so not a belt, real title right. I really kind of want like to get a 10 pound of gold title uh, oh, dude, NWA are, or something those are or, such cool belts or that too, old though. WCW that fat NWO looking, the one that they spray painted that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that title belt, which is one of my favorite, but, um, you know, but it's fun. And, and then at the end of that comedy night, it's like they get to hold up the title. They're like, yeah, I'm the champion. And <laughs> we rip off the t piece of tape to put their tape on right. there. And, you know, I mean, if I'll be honest, if I were a kid in that class and, and or like a kid doing that, I would, I would, I don't even care. I would walk around with that thing <laughs> because it's just like, I couldn't make that happen. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I, mean yeah. I would. I would yeah. absolutely buy the yeah. title belt and walk around because those those little kid replica ones are like 20 25 bucks yeah. so yeah they're yeah. not too um but it, <laughs> but it, you know it, it's such a it's such a cool thing though and and you know like i i really enjoy i i enjoy wrestling primarily because of the storytelling right we talked yeah. about it and i and you know you you see these and that's the problem i've had with wwe lately you see these these stories that it's rushed it's, well, one, it's rushed, and then some of them you never get a payoff. Yeah. You, and uh, and this is a problem I have with current WWE writing is this, like, the heels, uh, by nature, a heel needs to be a little more clever, not, right. uh, or you're going to have, like, a monster heel similar to what Undertaker was for a little while or what Kane yeah. was for a little while, who just destroys everything. Yeah. Or Lesnar now. Um, but what I don't like about the current sort of writing of WWE is you have these faces or your heroes just just literally get punked every time they, they either step in the ring mm -hmm. or they're or they're tricked super easily uh, and I get you you want you want that big payoff where the, your, your face eventually wins but you don't have to make them look stupid at every turn yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that that's a big problem I have now I don't know where I was gonna go with that um, well the payoff element I mean yeah they're, they're I would say there are like maybe two storylines right now that you're kind of holding on to that you hope there's a payoff. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, I don't know when this is going to drop. Maybe the payoff's going to be at uh, Hell in a Cell. But um, but the Shane McMahon, uh, Kevin Owens. That should have been done like five months ago. Sure, but the, but but it's they're 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 doing something with it. I mean, yeah. I, and you know, I don't mind watching Kevin Owens. He's yeah. he's very good at what he does. If it was like Shane McMahon versus. Uh, I don't know some lesser face uh, right. Bailey. No, I'm just kidding. That would be weird. <laughs> but um, but it, it, and then the 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 Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan, mm -hmm. Luke Harper, Roman Reigns kind of yeah. weird thing because uh, Sam Roberts, who's a who's like the the wrestling podcast to listen to. Yeah. Um, 
has his theory about that Daniel Bryan is still in on the plan and he's making a sacrifice and uh, mm -hmm. uh, and so why does he keep getting beat up? It's because he's do, being a sacrificial lamb to the whole, to the bigger picture and mm -hmm. he's still going to be a heel and all this stuff. And um, I just find that to be interesting, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. But Have people... you followed any of the Fiend stuff? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I do want to ask you about yeah, that. Yeah, that, um, that one... But see, that one doesn't... So The Fiend itself is his own story. Yes. Having a feud with another wrestler has not really... The, the story element of that really has mm -hmm. not started. He, you know, he's doing this whole world title th or uh, universal title thing. Mm -hmm. But once that's over, where does he go next? It's another wrestler. So there, there's no big story with mm -hmm. two people. It's what's going to happen with just the fiend as a character, right? You just hope it doesn't fail because it's just so good right now, right? And 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 it's they had a commercial on. Sorry, they had a yeah, no, fine. Like there was like a normal in the middle of a TV show I was watching mm -hmm. on USA. Uh, what was I? I don't even remember what I was watching. And they had the Funhouse. It was a commercial with the Funhouse mm -hmm. and Bray Wyatt selling Hell in a Cell. Yeah. It was. I was like, this is just a regular old commercial. Yeah. And. It, that kind of stuff is crazy. So, so. I don't know if you um, if you happen to catch the the title card for um, like as, as they lead into Raw, the WWE, the then now forever thing. Yeah. Um, they're actually having the sort of fiend character, um, like just through the episode, just screw with the mm -hmm. production and like yeah. make random appearances or and awkward endings to th like having yeah. that Funhouse play for a good 90 seconds and you're just yeah. sitting there like Whoa, what's going and on and then that starts to distort yeah. and then and and so you're <laughs> they've that however is i think um bray wyatt the the character that or whoever i forget his name in real life rotunda but. my uh his it's not mike rotunda that's his dad yeah uh but anyway yeah. but um the just irs letting let, yeah. yeah letting him take the character where he needed to yeah. um They've given him the Jericho treatment. I yes. think they've they've let him. He he's gained their trust. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they've given him that treatment. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, you know, uh, he has the freedom to, and he's got the backing of, of like I think Bruce Pritchard's like lead yeah. producer on his stuff, yeah. and so Pritchard's got Vince's ear, so basically he can do whatever yeah. he needs to to get his stuff over. Um, but it's nice to see in in what's become, you know. A lot of sort of generic muscle man characters that you see in wrestle, guys who can really go and wrestle, but you know not a lot of character depth. This one guy who has just literally turned everything on its head, and you know at this point I think I feel like Vince Sato was just a vanity project yep. for Bray. Yep. Like you just go do it. It's not. Well, you, we'll, and you then have he fun had with a it. And Vince then character. Yeah, and then <laughs> and just kind of let him do his thing. But like, it's starting to make him money now. Yeah. And now he's. Well, they're selling um, like Funhouse packages or something mm -hmm. like that online, and they sold out faster than any product in the history of WWE. Um, I don't know how many they made. You know, mm -hmm. you could you could make two and sell both and say you sold them out faster. Than, you right. Know. But um, I'm, I'm a, I have a feeling they made quite a few. Even I looked up mm -hmm. to try to get one. I, he's he's just he's gone kind of old school. And, uh, it's the same with like, and it's unfortunate because he got injured. But like Tommaso Ciampa, yeah. Like you know the the, and where Dolph Ziggler was probably a year ago when mm -hmm. he was a heel and, and came out to no 
music and nothing. See, that and was super cool. That, I, I like, enjoyed that. Man, I wanted that to carry on because yeah. I was like, this is different. This is, and and I get it though. Again, I keep harping on it. It's been 32 minutes now, but <laughs> um, I get the reason as a sales, as a as a company that's trying to cater to a younger audience mm-hmm. as well, why you have to have the flashy LED entrance and yeah. the fun music and because his music is kind of like upbeat and fun mm-hmm. why you have to have that the fiend character and Tommaso's kind of heel character I don't mm-hmm. know where he's going to be when he comes back but right. um, those my daughter is afraid of the fiend in an old school way though yeah she knows he's not real mm-hmm. you know um so there's a little bit of that with the kids, and the fun house is obviously like very Pee Wee Herman esque kind yeah. of thing, but um, but that character is made for us, made for adults. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, the the fact that he comes out with a severed version of his own head as his lantern that was such a that's such a cool it's piece though insane yeah. and like it's it's it is it's so cool have you been to a live event recently um, or within the past no, couple years no the last years? one I went okay. to was in like oh nine I think okay see so the thing the thing about the live events because now I go with Jay Thomas all the time we're we're, <laughs> we're dating actually so um, I hope he doesn't break up with me after this but. Uh, <laughs> And we're going to Royal Rumble Minute Maid. We're, we got oh, ringside right seats. Uh, don't tell my wife. But um, <laughs> she does not listen to this podcast, so that's okay. good. good. Even though she's a theater teacher, whatever. Uh, so um, we went, and what, what kind of ruins the live event element of things mm-hmm. is that you can see everything. There's yeah. no, like even when they black out, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's say like an Ember Moon who does her entrance from the ramp, you know, they yeah. the, on, the, on TV you don't ever see her walk out onto the ramp, mm-hmm. but in, in, in the real thing, yeah. Ember Moon's never going to surprise anybody in a, mm-hmm. in a live crowd because she walks out on the ramp. You right. know? Well, like Ray used to pop out of the Yeah, pop so out the you see them make that change mm-hmm. and you know, oh, Ray Mysterio's about to come out. Or yeah. even like Bray Wyatt, or not Bray Wyatt, uh, uh, um, Finn Balor's entrance. Oh, when he's They there. come out and they, well, no, not even, when they change the smoke. They, oh, they come okay. out and change a piece of the stage that creates all that that low-lying fog mm-hmm. relatively quickly right you know which we all wish we had in our theaters right, right yeah um <laughs> sorry but you uh so you, you know the surprise is not there as much now speaking of live events um i took my daughter to one it was in houston it was a couple weeks ago okay and that i i'm pretty sure that changed her life like she really she, she had never seen people on tv in person mm-hmm. Right. And although we, we weren't in the nosebleeds, they weren't selling nosebleeds, but we were pretty high up. Yeah. And it was a last minute thing. But she was like, these, I, I've watched these people on TV. Mm-hmm. I know these people are on TV, Daddy. These people. I was like, that's right. They are. Yeah. Like, and they're here right now. And it just changed her, man. It's like, and I, so, and, you know, isn't I it even, cool to watch them, gra- watch that grab them, though? Dude, I was like, crying. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it, it, it's, there's an element of me that's like, it's my little girl mm-hmm. that's getting into this. So I've kind of won as a parent because she likes what daddy likes. Yeah. If I had a son, I don't know. I might feel different because I'd be like, well, the expectation is that, yes, they will embrace what daddy likes right. because that's just kind of the natural way of humanity. But, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's changing now, especially with this women's revolution, yeah. which is not even a thing anymore because 
it's done. I mean, yeah. now women are just a part of the. Well, I mean, when you have uh, Becky, Rhonda, and Charlotte. Yeah, and, but I'm know, saying like the re- you know eventually we're not still in an American Revolution. Yep. <laughs> yeah, know, eventually yeah, it totally. ends. Um, but uh, uh, I, I think that that element of things. Uh, the lighting changed in here. Um, yeah. <laughs> that element of things. Oh, they turned off their their psych. Oh, I guess I um, Has yeah, really just kind of it kind of hit me, man. Uh, it was it was cool. It was cool to watch. Yeah. Do you remember when the la- like the or the first time that you went to a live event? Um, I've, I've believe it or not, I've actually only been to the one. Okay. Uh, I've only been to the one, and I remember I, I was in college when I went, and so okay. when we went, we were <laughs> we were actually at a KCACTF conference in Amarillo. And that same day, there they happened there. to be a live event. That's funny. Um, and we're like, you know what? <laughs> Screw it. We'll just go. We had the we had the night free. We yeah. didn't want to see the show that night, so we just hopped in my truck and we we went to um, we went to the live event. And I remember, you know, we're walking through, and you know, we got to see Kofi Kingston fight, uh, wrestle. I had never seen him before because right. I had gotten away from wrestling up to that point. Right. Um, and I would and that say was that, back when he was like Jamaican. Yeah, and, yeah. He's yeah. like, well, he's actually, I think he's Ghanaian. Um, yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a whole other thing. That's yeah. But um, it's uh, you know, the 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 main event was Big Show and John Cena. Yeah. Um, and I was with you know two of my best friends, and uh, you know we're you know I think 21, 22 years sure. old at the time, and um, Show walks out and everyone's booing him because he's heel for this match. When isn't he the right. heel for the match? Um, and then things go dark, and then Cena's music hit, and you couldn't even help it. Like I couldn't help it. Yeah. Like you just had to pop out of the yeah. seat. And it's it, it's just it's this crazy, like, it's just this crazy feeling of for for you know for as much as 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 wrestling is like, you know this sort of spectacle thing. It is very immersive. It pulls you in because these these characters are. I mean, when it's done right, these characters are just you know just pull you in and you have to be involved you have to want to be a part of it you can't and you can't really walk away from that when, what you're, is, in, when you're there what is the equivalent of that in theater oh man um because like so we were talking earlier now and it feels like we've been talking for hours and we haven't but um you just do that to me oh, but uh happy to. you're welcome but um <laughs> we were talking about how spectacle kind of covers up story now mm-hmm. uh and i was trying to jog my mind of musicals that have the story before the spectacle and obviously the obvious one is Hamilton yeah um, you know that, that that's an easy one to go to but even you know one that mixes the two together that I think does it well is like Wicked you know yeah. Wicked does a good job of giving you everything you want to visually see and hear mm-hmm. uh, the auditory I mean there's but a it also it's gives, such a critical success too yeah it gives you that story you know um, it's I I would love to hear what you think is a is a show because I've got a couple answers but I don't want to persuade you is a show or shows that either a have the flash and trash and no story mm-hmm. or have the story but very little flash and trash. Ooh, um, I I think I think with the way that we approach theater now, specifically what we do, I think it's it's hard to. I think. Okay, so when I was when I was in high school, we did a Bear State show, mm-hmm. super simple. Ended up carrying that to state. This was before LEDs was like LEDs were a thing. What before, show was that? Uh, Mariner. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I love whoever's cheering in the background. Yeah, loves, actually loves the Mariner. Yeah, love loves Mariner. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I don't think unless you have, I don't I, unless you have this beautifully told story. 
even actually no, I don't. I think even now, even if you have this beautiful story, I, I think with just the story alone, I think you could get to say area, region, and one yeah. act play. But I, I think if you that, but you're gonna run into shows that have that plus the spectacle. I think, I think you have to have either the good greatest. Yeah, well, you have to have a good balance. But you either if you're gonna go the route of we're just gonna tell the story, we're not gonna worry about LEDs. Right. It's just gonna be lights up, lights down on this beautiful, beautifully told story. You're not going to be as successful as I think you might, unless you have literally the greatest actors that that the state of Texas has ever seen. Sure. Um, because it's it's hard now. Because everyone now, because like accessibility now for what LED, like what technology is for people. Um, and I'm doing a session on that this week. Should anyone care to see it? This is going to come yeah, out yeah, long after. <laughs> this is going to come out long after. Forget that I even said that. <laughs> but um, well, you might do it at thespians. I don't know. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But but I guess the but I guess the point is is that. Where we sit now, I think we've, it, it's like a pendulum swing, right? We, we're swinging super hard into the, necess the necessity of spectacle. Yeah. And I'm curious to see when it's gonna swing back. As to shows where, um, where you know, you've got just uh, the ability to tell a great story, I think, uh, or just where you just need a great story, things like Death of a Salesman would be a, a really good example. A lot of older Arthur Miller stuff would probably be where I would go. Tennessee Williams, same thing. Yeah. Um, old Dead White Guys. Um, yeah. Well, and there's some of those Spanish stories, too, that, yeah. that have been translated. They do the same thing. Chekhov, who's, I guess, an old dead white guy, but he's an old not dead American. White guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I, don't know, I don't know that in the, in the environment in which we do theater that there's a lot of just, uh, there's a lot of, to be successful in one act, and I'm speaking of one specific thing, but to be successful in one act, I don't know that there's a lot of shows that you can do that don't need to have some element of spectacle sure. in them to have the sort of, you know, advancing success that it's expected of us, quite frankly. Right. Um, uh, I wish it were different. Um, and like I said, I'm curious to see if the pendulum ever does swing back hard the other mm -hmm. way. I don't think it will. Yeah. Because with technology getting as cheap as it is now, and, and you know, I can pick up LEDs for couple hundred bucks so but now now you're you're in a place where you get to watch them all you're not you, since you're not in a school directing you mm -hmm. know that kind of thing since you're at the pack um you get to see a lot i think you get to see a lot more right yeah I, to, I mean we I get mean, to host contests yeah. and, and I, I get to just go and experience and even if now. you're not watching the shows you're kind of seeing what people are bringing in and, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff so is there something that like you don't need to name them. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you can if you want, but um, I mean, why not? You know, yeah, you controversy know. create. Yeah. Uh, so, um, is there a show or are there a couple shows that you've seen get to higher levels that you were like, all this is is flash and trash. All this is is a spectacle. I I I. You can name the show, maybe, or, or not even I, not the I school. Will, I will hold. Uh, yeah. I will hold. It was off Mandy, on wasn't it? It was Mandy Tapia. <laughs> Mandy Tapia. Yeah. yeah. Just. All, all, all flash, all flash, and trash. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. Uh, Little flash, a lot of trash. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, continue, I'll, 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 I'll stop there because she's gonna track me down and kick my ass. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think, I mean, even one of the shows that came through my area, uh, at, at through my pack at area, did advance all the way to state. And I won't say that it was all flash because it right. was it was a good show, but. The way that the script was written, the flash was absolutely necessary sure. for it to be successful. Okay. Um, and so, um, I, yeah, I mean, you know, there was at least two shows that, 
the shows that came out of my area went to state right. that we help, right? So they were very spectacle driven. And, and you know, these are fantastic directors, right? And, and they were able to, to have that balance. But if, uh, as an example, that contest day, we had, I have um, hallways that run all the way around the, 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 the auditorium. And I had, uh, I think, like 10 by 12 squares taped out sure. for each school. There's scenery and stuff, yeah. yeah. Every single one of them far exceeded the space. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that because I was upset. I knew it was going to happen, but I, I needed to say, this is what I have. If we need to adapt, we'll adapt. Yeah. But I had two shows going all the way down the hall up to the front. And this is like a, a 70-foot hallway. Right. Like, I had two shows running from the backstage area all the way to the front, right by that door that goes out into our lobby. Right. And so, and you know, you've got people walking in. Like we had three, we had we had three Penske trucks trucks pull up into the back, and you see, you know, you see this giant, easily twenty thousand dollar projector come off of one truck. Right. Uh, the next truck that comes through, you see, um, you see, uh, you know, two or three lighting trees with fixtures that I know are not cheap. Yeah. And then you see. Um, you know, the, the third Penske truck comes in and, the, you know, these beautiful, expensive costumes coming through the door. Yeah. And you know that, and, it, and it's, it's kind of mind-boggling, right? Because you see these, and it was, it was a discussion I've had with other directors. It's like, who come from? Because my school district is not, like, it's a 5A, but right. we don't have the money that a lot of these larger 5As do. I mean, forget the 6As. Yeah. Um, and you, you look at stuff like that and you wonder, how am I supposed to compete with that? Yep. And, and you know, the argument would be, oh, I should just, if I can just tell a good story, I can compete. But past a certain point, everybody can tell a good story. Right. And so, and so I, which I think is a larger discussion that I don't have an answer to, but a larger discussion for, you know, one act as an institution, yeah. where do we find the balance? Yep. Because you can't, I can't look at... I can't look at schools that have a whole bunch of, like I couldn't look at, I'm gonna use it as an example, but I can't look at Highland Park, I can't look at, you know, uh, Friendswood, these huge sure. schools who have these massive budgets and say, you don't get to spend everything everything to your best ability. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. By the same token, I can't look at uh, a, a small 5A, a Title I, and say to them, you need to spend more money to compete because maybe they don't have it. Right. And and it's, it, it's hard to balance that discrepancy, yeah. right? And, and there's no, the unfortunate thing is, is I don't think there is a good answer. Right. Um, well, and that's not the real world. I mean, you don't go to a Broadway house and say, "Hey, we've got you can only spend ten dollars, even though you've got ten million. You know, yeah. like like you just can't do that. But um, yeah, what's the answer? That's I think that's always been kind of the argument. Is yeah. We got to figure out some way to balance this out. But that but that's also the argument that we've had with uh, at least down in Houston with the Tommy Tune Awards. Mm -hmm. You know, the financial element is what separates. Again, Friendswood from, uh, a, uh, and I talked to Julio Morales earlier, a Sharpstown, you know? Yeah. He's doing amazing things there. The shows that he's putting on are beautiful and great, and yeah. the, the resources that they have, he, he there's nobody better. But he still doesn't have $20,000 to spend on their fall play. Yeah. Um, but you don't go to that school that has twenty thousand dollars and say you can't spend it. Like, why not? You know. Yeah. So, if um, you have the resources, use them. Yeah, I mean, use it, them. It, it's, it's, it's yeah. It's a it's a it's a different it's Should a different kind of punishment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then, how do you balance that? So, yeah. Uh, let's wrap up because um, I'm sure you want to go to some LED workshop or some how to light some stuff on fire or something like that. But I, you know, if somebody did a pyro workshop, I would absolutely. So there was that. a pyro workshop years ago. <laughs> 
<laughs> at, at it, big thespians, at international thespians. Okay, okay. And I think, I'm pretty sure, I don't know who complained, it was me, but I don't know who complained. Um, <laughs> this this gentleman led a workshop, it was a very good workshop, mm-hmm. uh, and I learned quite a bit from it. Like, he, he was very knowledgeable. The problem is, is he came from Ohio. Right. The laws in Ohio are much different regarding pyrotechnics compared to Texas, compared yeah. to freaking Kentucky, which is just yeah. south of them. You know, like, he never acknowledged that. <laughs> he never <laughs> once said, there was no disclaimer that said, hey, and I knew this being a technician, but mm-hmm. if you're coming in there, it's like, hey, we're just doing Wizard of Oz here, and I want my witch's broom to light on fire, yeah. and I just need to know how, know how to do that. Well, he never once said, check your laws, check what's what's legal yeah, in your state, what's legal important. even in your county or city. Um, and so I made I made a comment, a complaint, not a complaint, I shouldn't say a complaint, that's harsh, but I just made a comment to some of the powers that be, like, mm-hmm. hey, these pyro ones are great, it's good, but they need to have some sort of disclaimer because you can get in a whole lot of trouble if you just go out there and light a broom on fire and say, yeah. Dorothy, you're going to die. I'd love die. to see your fire marshal approach. Yeah, that. right? So... Um, that's my story about the why there's maybe not a pyrotechnics <laughs> <laughs> workshop. Um, I don't know about TTA, but it, you know, as far as thespians, probably that's probably not. You know, I, it's it'd be useful. Though. Yeah, I mean, I I would love well, and so I, from what I remember in Texas, you actually have to apprentice under a pyrotechnician. Yes. For a long time yes. before you even get close to getting your pyrotechnician. Well, you know, you have to do that now as an electrician too. Yes. Yeah, yes. At least in Texas again. Um, yeah. but. Uh, I actually have a couple of friends who do pyro yeah. in, in Texas and actually travel nationwide. Um, putting but, a putting a uh, an eyeglass up against an ant is not considered pyrotechnics. No, uh, these these are guys like oh, one they of do uh, the, big the guy, spy glasses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the guys um, just did. Uh, I think he just did Rock in Rio. Okay. And so he was he was out there. Uh, another friend of mine just did a bunch of stuff at uh, 360 Amphitheater in Austin. Okay. Um, so they're all over the place. But, I mean, they flat out said, it's like, you know, it took me years to even get to where sure. I'm at right now because it's such a small community of people yeah. and they don't want someone who's going to come in and take money out of their pocket. Yeah. Um, it's like the, it's like the uh, voice acting community, a bunch of jerks. I've actually wanted to try to break into that. Is it? Have you tried? Have you done any voice acting? Have why you thought you, about doing it? Why do you think it? these two mics are sitting here? Um, <laughs> yes, I, I have done a little bit of work as a voiceover, okay. not as a character actor. And mm-hmm. I know right now it's raspy because uh, I've just been talking for I the just, past I three just days. I just assumed that this was it's the, just a sexy chocolate just, voice. You know, the, the um, sexy Blake, as it were. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I have done some. And I even met with, and I won't name who it is, because I like him, but he did me wrong. Uh, I met with a very popular local voiceover guy in mm-hmm. Houston, who, um, uh, great guy, awesome guy, met with me for lunch. This was years ago. Yeah. And then when I said, yeah, I'm really trying to break in, I'm really trying to break in, I'd purchase microphones, these nice microphones, I have yeah. one at home. Uh, I was like, yeah, so, like, who do I get a hold of? He was like, well, you know, it's a really tight-knit community and wouldn't give me the answer. Right. And so I've got a good, I've got two friends, actually, one one closer than the other that are in the business and still won't <laughs> give me an answer <laughs> because, they, because they're very protective of it. Yeah. Uh, you just, you have to be at the right place at the right time with that business, with, with pyrotechnics, with fight choreography. Fight choreography is kind That's of a, a very part of the one. pun, but cutthroat kind of, uh, <laughs> that, you know, those guys don't, 
mess with anybody. I talked to A. Trust Brown, who's yeah. at uh, College of the Mainland, uh, and they, you know he's a fight, he's a licensed fight choreographer, mm-hmm. and he's starting a company for fight choreography, and he's he's very he's advocating to teach more students and yeah. kids how to become fight choreographers. So he's one of the few though that's saying, come take my jobs. Like, yeah. you know, there are plenty to be yeah, uh, I mean, I've wanted, out there. I've wanted to do, to pull the whole wrestling aspect back in, I've wanted to do, uh, get my uh, my SPTs so I can I can become a certified, sure. a certified stage combatant and then, or actor combatant and then get, become a certified teacher. Um, but it's, those things don't get offered a whole lot. You know who's doing um, stuntman work now? Who's that? Big, like, like, like one of the top ones in Hollywood. Chavo Guerrero. So, so he, he does Glow. Yeah, he does yeah. all the stuff but, for Glow. But that's how he got into Glow, was he had started doing stuntman work. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, you, you know, you're already in the business in L.A. doing this stuff. But yeah, he's yeah. like a huge, like, stuntman guy now. And he's teaching stuntmen and being a stuntman. Yeah. And then, of course, doing the Glow thing, which I think is more of his bread and butter. Yeah. They have one more season, by the way. But I'm actually, I, I'm disappointed. It's such a, it's a good show. <sighs> I, I haven't watched season three. I know I need to. It's good. Um, it's probably the best season, actually. Really? Yeah. I'll have to check it out. So, all right, man. Yeah, watch Glow. <laughs> Minor.